Okay, so we're up here at Autopi School and I've got Amanda and Rachel with me, um, the people who have been given the enviable task of explaining Autopi's assessment practices. So, can I get you two to just quickly introduce yourself, um, your teaching journey, where you're from, how you got to where you are now? Anyone can go first. Uh, well, my journey started oh, when I was a teenager, but it didn't work out. Then I was in the UK, I married a Kiwi, came over here, had children, and then I decided that I would do um, my teaching degree. And I studied as well as looking after kids. And then I was relief teaching uh, here, and uh, a job came up, and I've been teaching here ever since. And now I apparently, uh, I, I love maths, so therefore I've become the maths lead teacher. But I'm a year five, six teacher at presently. I have taught in both the junior school and the senior school. And yeah. And I'm Amanda King. I trained as a teacher straight out of high school. First teaching job at Mangatapu School, then went overseas and I've taught in Korea and the UK for a few years. Came back, have children and started part-time work here and then three, four years ago started full-time teaching at Autopi School and now I am junior senko and junior assessment and team teaching new entrants. Cool. So that's, yeah. Okay, thank you guys. Um, in a really broad sense, can you describe the assessment practices that are used in your school? Uh, from what uh, the assessment, what we do? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I suppose the, the um, formal assessments would be our gloss testing for maths. You can do ICANN, and we are this <coughs> year we're trying to do um, PAT. This is year four and above. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we do PATs and we do our PAT testing in uh, term one and then we redoing it in term three. Also, because we'll do our gloss, we do PACT and probe for reading, uh, um, PACT for writing, and our gloss in terms two and four. And therefore, we thought that the term four because they've just been glossed and all this going into the new year, that the new teacher can use the previous end of year data to help inform their practice, but also use the PATs just to give another side to it or global to see if there's any rejigging can be made. We also do lots of, um, we like to do formative for our LTJs because yes, we have to make an LTJ, but we don't want to just rely solely on the um, standardized testing. It's also a teacher judgment as well. As yeah. a school, we've put a lot of focus on that recently in mm. terms of that OTJ, and particularly in the assessment of writing, mm. that's where PACT has come on board with, yes, the senior school do ES still, yeah. as, but that real triangulation, so mm. that teachers are using OTJs a lot more. And that's not just for writing, but, but the writing yeah, has yeah, been a big yeah. journey that we've been on. Um, and PACT's really helped with that. 
Because using PET for writing? Because That's we want to form our own observations in class, because the test can just be a one-off thing. It depends on what mood the child's in. So you also want to use a broader picture of where they're at, rather than... But a lot of people, especially with writing, which I find hard, is that my 3P may be totally different to someone else's 3P, and it's just kind but of like... helped a lot. It's had to, to kind of like... Yeah. How have, you, how have you gone about sort of moderating now that you're using PECT um, so that you know that your 3P yeah. is, is yeah. someone else's 3P? Are you guys because moderating now? Because well, they're in the PECT cycle yeah, at the moment. Yeah. At the moment, not really, which is something that we should really look into. We but, had it yeah. for school, but not this year. Yeah. Last year, yeah, we, we spent did. a lot of staff meetings picking yeah. it apart and sitting yeah. and... Looking about what it what it actually meant, and we had everybody brought samples of each year group to see together. So we have done that last year, but we haven't really. Yeah. Have you? Done. I'm just I'm just going to jump yeah. to the last question yeah. here. Um, uh, has has your school had any involvement with um, ALL, ALIM, or? I've done ALIM one and two, okay. and yep. uh, Tanya Benjamin, the teacher, she's doing ALIM one this year, which I'm helping her with. Yep. And we've also got Josie doing the all. Yeah, so that all it's our first time um, this year, and she's just started. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. And so they're just in the assessment phase for that now. Yep. Um, and yeah, we've had ALIM two years ago. Right? Yeah. And yep. now a new teacher's training to do ALIM. And it's just started. What about um, MST? No, I didn't want to do MST because for me, when we was doing ALUM, it was the just belows, yeah. and then um, MST was the well belows. And I know from discussions with my friend who's done it, her school is on a bit late, lot much larger scale, and she was withdrawn to do this. And it's sort of like there wasn't seemed to be the quantity of children as a small school to be able to justify me okay. doing all of that too. Yeah. Yeah. We do not have very many well belows and maths mm. at all. In fact, it would be... I've got a few low lows. Yeah. I'd say that they're, they're, not, they're a bit lower than just below, but they're not well, well below. It's kind of... it was Well, that was my... When I did it, you know, not last year, so the not, year before. Not it's, kids that need that second tier of intervention. Well, there'd only be one or two, okay. and it's sort of like if you were to then take a group out, it's just your age, your range would then be probably the whole school mm -hmm. range, rather than with Alem, it was handy because it was a year five, six group, so there was, the range was within a certain year group, whereas if we're talking about well belows, it would be from, and we go up to year eight. Yeah. From, yeah. yeah, we've we've had less than five well belows in maths in yeah. the whole school. Okay. Yeah, so it's kind of that that was my thinking. But if you know, Tanya Benj went after doing Alem, feels like she can carry mm. on and wants to do it, then that's a journey open to her. Mm -hmm. But it was something that I didn't want to undertake myself. Oh, so, fair enough. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about the junior? Yeah. Our, yeah. We've been on a big journey over the last three years and really done a big reflection on what we do for junior assessment and um, our framework now looks like we do um, seed testing at six weeks, we leave, until, we leave them until they're six weeks before we do their, or between four and six weeks, before we do their school entry assessment um, and we, so at that we do reading level, we do Joy Alcock spelling and we do a jam, and we 
and because we teach little and we check their little and and their, and, and their alphabet knowledge, so that's what we do at six weeks. Then at 20 weeks, we repeat the Joy Alcock spelling. We, oh sorry, we do word lists as well, we, and we check the word lists. We do written words, see how many words they can write. We do a dam again, and we do a running record. Then at 40 weeks, we repeat all of those things. We only do six-year nets on the children that we are targeting to see whether they are eligible for reading recovery um, or those questionable. So yeah, just acts to your belows are the only ones we do six-year nets on now, or observe. Um, but you also got um, Lexia Core and Rainbow Reading and other programs within the school to mm, try and help Easter. Right. Yeah. Not as not as assessment, no. Mm-hmm. But, um, so but they, they would be things that you would result from. Yeah. Um, and then we repeat those things again at 60 weeks. So 60 weeks they do word writing, writing sample, jam, running record, 80 weeks, 100, 120 so weeks. And we do use the Joy Orcock assessment for our spelling. Because yeah. it's really about um, formative. Yeah data that we're gathering. And are you are you on a um, anniversary? Yes, we are on an anniversary yeah. we are on an anniversary data collecting cycle. Yeah. In terms of reporting to parents and we're changing this, this is the last year we're doing it, but at the moment we are still reporting to parents mid and end of year, okay. which doesn't fit with our so next year we will ship shift to um, Oh, sorry. <laughs> next year we will swap to reporting to parents at their anniversary dates. Okay, cool. So, yeah, we're still on a journey, but I think in terms of the assessment data that we're gathering, we get a really good picture now. But the senior schools still stay at mid year and Yeah, year. from year four. Yeah. It's a, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what, uh, what do you feel... Uh, like in, in your areas of school, the most useful forms of assessment that you do? Jam for maths without a doubt. Um, running records as long as they're used in a formative. Packed for writing. Oh, we do packed as well, sorry. We don't start packed until 40 weeks, but from 40 weeks we do. We found that um, we weren't getting any formative data out of the pack at 20 weeks because the kids are just starting to write anyway. Um, but absolutely, in terms of planning for learning, we get heaps out of pack. Yeah. All of the assessment, well, we've done a huge amount of reflecting, so now yeah. we only do assessment, that, same with the Joy Orcock information, we only do assessment that we believe is going to inform our teacher. Did you bid anything? Did you get rid of any assessment practices and just... Heaps. Yeah. We, um, so I took over assessment and Pat took over as team leader at the same time. So different management structure in the junior team and pre-us, um, you were here, right? Mm-hmm. weren't you? You were teaching in the junior. There yeah, was, yeah. A, not every kid got a six year net done on them at yeah. school entry at 20 weeks and mm. at 40 weeks. Yeah. Plus, they did ESTL. Did you used to do ESTL, eh? They used to do ESTL writing in the junior school? We, we, before we did PAT across the whole school, yeah, yeah there was ESTL, but it was a more on a 
because we was using our own rubrics, because when we had yeah. Colleen, so we developed our own rubrics for writing before, and then we went on to e-astor rubrics, but we were still using a mixture of both, and then we've gone on to that. We were drowning in assessment. Um, we still do a lot, but there was, and we were doing all these six-year nets on kids who were well above, or, you know, well on the journey, and not using that information at all. So we really stopped and reflected, what are we actually doing? Targeted. That is informing, this is like informing this child's needs and next steps. So yeah, we changed. Oh, we used to do gloss and we changed it to jam as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that was a couple of years ago. Oh, was it Numper? Was it Numper? Oh, Numper, yeah. sorry, we did Numper. Yeah, and then that changed to jam. Yeah. Last year we changed it to jam. Yeah, because we used to do Numper and then you'd use your gloss. Yeah. And then, yeah, so we don't do Numper anymore. There's a lot more in Jan. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just uh, a quick question on Pat. Most schools start with maths. Mm -hmm. like yeah, us because it's easier. Yeah. We've, we've started with maths mm -hmm. because it's easier. Um, the Pat people said, why don't you start with maths? And I said, because I was there, I was Adam and I were involved in the um, decision-making, and I said, writing is our highest area of need. Every single year, we sit in staff meetings and we talk about how hard we find it to accurately place a child at a, you know, at a stage, and so why don't we start with writing, which is why we did, because writing was our biggest need in terms of, you know, we kind of, we have a pretty good gauge on where kids are at in maths already, yep. so if we're going to be doing something different, why don't we do something that's going to help an area that... So that's, that's why. That's so why that's we did writing. That's a interesting way of looking at it. That's good. And um, I have high praise for it. Cool. Um, so we're going to look into doing it for Pat. But really... Yeah, we have talked about that. Yeah, and it's just sort of like, but with the Pat, how did you go about it? Because for me, I look at it and I think, oh, well, I may actually need to do a bit of a gloss to make sure that I know where they are for the Pat. And it's kind of like... Yeah, I think the big thing with with the maths, and we're, we're on the... Yeah, yeah. Is that your boost here? Two, two and a half yeah. Yeah, yeah. The big thing with the PACT is you've got to get your head around the language yeah. and get familiar with um, the descriptors of each yeah. uh, set. Because I looked at it and I'm thinking, oh, well, really, do I want to see if they're doing this or this strategy? Oh, maybe I should do a gloss on them before I do the PACT and then thought, is that then doubling up on the assessment? Sweeping a clean floor, isn't it? Yeah, 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 you, yeah. you kind of like... Yeah. What, yeah, so it would be quite interesting to see how your journey goes with the pad yeah. to I mean, see I've, how it makes it more efficient. Just thinking about, like, I've, I've managed to get what I think is reasonably good data mm. on my kids for additive, multiplicative um, uh, symbols and you know, numbers, whatever that aspect's called, and yeah. patterns, and I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure that stuff's levelled. Yeah. about where it should be. Yeah. Um, so were your OTJs accurate before PACT? Um, or compared yes, with PACT? Yes, but, right, <laughs> I think we had a tendency for far too long to base OTJs on um, numeracy and not a lot else mm -hmm. of maths. Because that's why we've started to bring in the PATs, yeah, because it's exactly. like it covers the whole strand. Yes, because I found when I, because I just started PATs with my year sixes last year, and I find the gloss, usually they're in a test situation, they shut down and they do the simplest strategy because they don't want to get the question right, because they just think it's a test and you need to get the questions right, so they usually dumb down the strategies so they get it right. And then I 
have these children, I think, oh my goodness, they're not very good. Oh, I'll give them a PAT, um, um, a PAT, just to see how they are. And they were, oh yes, because yes, you have multiple choices and there is that chance of error, but there's actually using deductive reasoning skills, there's actually trying to work things out, oh, this is a bit of, and it just kind of, I don't know, for some of them, again, like, one test does not fit all children, so it's kind of like, it just gave those that found the rigidness of the gloss a bit more time to breathe, and they actually, and I did for mine, I thought, oh, just because it's not a fluke, so then I did it again with them the following term, just to make sure, and again, it was the, mm. the same That's kind of results, mm. and I'm thinking, well, that, for me, just helps a little bit, because then you could hone different strand areas, and it's not just all centred on um, number, and it's how they're interpreting number within different strands, so it kind of gave a broader picture. Mm. So that's why we're trying to do those two. That's cool. Um, I'll, uh, I'll move on. How have you seen assessment practice change over time? <laughs> I could talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> binning stuff that's just... Yeah, boxes. and actually really reflecting on what is it that we need to be able to teach these kids well. That's I'm talking about us. Yep. as a school now as opposed to global health assessment change since I started teaching um, yeah I think we've and we're always on that journey you know we're, I don't think that we've got it 100% right but I think you're looking more of a broader picture you're not mm. just taking each test assessment practice for granted that mm. oh, that's where they're at it's not because you know with gloss it's just a tiny little yeah it's a tiny little section of stage seven. Just because they've got one question mark doesn't mean to say they're at stage With seven. With those numbers yeah. on that day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I think that's, that's just one. So a lot comes into what are they doing in the classroom and the, mm. the work that you're doing. And it's sort of like... Because with the ALIM practices, so I'm doing that and anticipating what strategies are using and all this, and we're using much more student di um, discourse in the classroom, getting them to talk and share their strategies. And from that, it's so much more informative to me. And it says, right, okay, these guys have really got a handle on this one, right? They have no clue. Let's work on this with these guys. And that's what's kind of driving where I'm going. Not that, okay, I'll do a gloss, but oh, it shows me that they can do this on this day, but that's just one part. Yeah. It's just a bigger picture of where they're at. You're not relying I on anything. Those, those tests end up confirming what you already know yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Th that's not forming your yeah. opinion. They're the just sort of like helping. So I'm like, oh yeah, I have got that right in my head. And I think oh. as a school, there's a real push towards that and trusting our OTJ or trusting what we see in the class and realising that that's actually a more important picture than that one moment that you sit with, you know, for us mm. it's the jam mm. test, or that one minute you put that child in, under pressure into a running record is not necessarily what this child is. Yeah. And um, even with my gloss testing now, I'm bringing out tens frames, I'm bringing out this and that, because, and I'll just write on my piece of paper. Couldn't do it in their head, but I offered them tens frames in this, and then they could see it visually. They still need to manipulate materials, and they still need to see it visually. They can do the strategy, but in a visual form, not in an abstract way. So then I'll just write it on there to inform my practice that they're starting to develop those key ideas, but they haven't locked them in yet. It's funny you mention that. I've spoken to a few teachers who are starting to use gloss like that, not yeah. as a test, but yeah. like as a resource. And I, I use it check as... up on this kid, so have a go yeah. at this problem. Here's, here's your materials, here's your pen and paper. How are you going? And then I'll talk through yeah. them, and if I see a misconception, I can actually... My, it's a bit of a terror, because my gloss testing can take up to 45 minutes for one child. 
but it's a bit like you because you're actually using it as a one-on-one -on -one session as well to address mm -hmm. misconceptions and just give them oh have you tried this but oh no because sometimes on a group when you do a workshop you're always going to have that one or two that are just still you know fiddling with the carpet and not really paying attention so it's like on those things you can pull them in and work on them that way rather than just as a dipstick mold of where they're at yeah, yeah. um next question then. how does how does your assessment feed your reporting yeah so at the moment we are reviewing out the way that we report to parents um, partly driven by the fact that we report mid-year and end-year when we're getting this. So in terms from the year one to three kids, some of that data is a term and a half old mm. that we then report to parents. Um, not as well as it could at the moment would be my answer because We've been having a lot of talk as a school as well about what is important to us as a school. And a lot of what is important to us is dispositions, mm. mindset, resilience across <coughs> curriculum areas. That's who we are as a school, increasingly mm. so. Be fair, eh? Yeah, because even on with that course today, and it's sort of like, now what's your, you know, your mass curriculum plan? And then he said, what's your vision as a learner? And I think, well, we actually need a clear vision of what we actually, the mm. attributes we need that if a child is at, they're doing all this, not just from the curriculum document, yeah. but what are they doing? Because at know, the moment, globally to be, yeah, are a list. Of what a tick list, checklist of what they can do or what they can do. What they can do. Yeah. So an above parent, a child of an a parent of an above child rather, is getting a report with a tick list of everything yeah. their child can already do and a little comment. Yeah. If your child is below at year two or year yeah. four or year whatever, your child is getting bringing home to the parent a tick list of all the things they can't do yet mm. and a little comment. So. Um, it's my term three job, it's, mm. uh, but and I've had a lot of thought already about what I want our reports to parents to look like. And yes, there has to be that information about numeracy and literacy and national mm. standards in there somewhere. But that is such a small part of what makes a learner. I even heard that you don't actually have to put. If they're at, above, or below. Well, you don't have to use that language, no. Yeah, you have yeah. to report on national standards. But but, but you, you don't, don't have, have to say that the. Yeah. yeah, you can word it yeah. differently. Because so when, when PACT spits out data at you, it's such, yeah. such and such is working at the year even, four standards. Yeah, even if they're year seven. Yeah. 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 And I mean, it's, 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 it doesn't. It, it doesn't mean, change it, but it makes it sound nicer. It's a smaller nicer. number, but it, it, it sounds nicer, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah, because we talked about exactly that. So if the child was working at the standard of year, they might be year three, but they were working at year one last year, but they're now working at year two, the parents can see that progress. Yeah. Whereas so well below, well below, well uh, below, well it below, it below, below the can, just It's just a way of so where they are in the great scheme of things yeah. and the progress they're making, which is <coughs> what we want to... As a whole school, we went to a PD last, a couple of weeks Anderson, ago. Anderson, James Anderson, and he was talking about exactly this, about how for these, for every child, but for these below kids, they reach, so they, 
they're working towards this goal and they reach it, but oh, whoops, the stick's moved. Yes. Mm, yeah. So then, they, so they never actually get there. But if they're working, regardless of whether they're ten or they're six, if they're working towards that that, that standard. It should be celebrated when they get there. Yeah. So Even if they, they got it, you know, yeah. maybe here after life, someone else got it, but they're at a certain standard and they've reached an at. They're yeah. not just constantly. So we're going to think, I have lots of ideas, mm. but I can't really talk for myself because I'm just one part of the equation. Um, but watch this space, really. But we will be looking very closely at the language that we report to parents and what it is that we're reporting. Mm -hmm and moving away from numeracy and reading and writing being the things that we talk about because education we provide is so much more than that. So a more holistic approach? Absolutely, around dispositions mm. and mindset. Sweet. So look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump a few questions here then. Um, so key competencies? Huge. Do you assess in any way the key Oh, would you like to see how we assess the key competencies? One moment. <laughs> Come to the right way. Oh, good. So you guys do like formally look at key competencies? Well, not so much in the you know in the senior school, and that's yep. what kind of like we will. That's what we need to develop is like we want to have a we want to have a broader aspect of what you know a learner is. Mm -hmm. it, it's not just centered around reading, writing, and maths, and it's just, there's more to it than that, and it's, and I think it's trying to take parents away from thinking it's just all about reading, writing, and maths, because it isn't. Yeah. So, in the junior school, we, um, very heavily play-based, yep. year, um, year one to three, and to reflect, and so as part of that, we use Te Whareke mm -hmm. as part of our curriculum in, in our planning, and we also use the key competencies, and I could show you how we plan to link them. But as part of that, in the junior school, we do learning stories. Learning stories, cool. So this is, I just walked in and grabbed this folder. This is um, probably one of our best examples. Um, this little boy started school in the beginning of the year. This is his preschool portfolio and you carry that on. he has brought to school Beautiful. for us to have. And so there are all his... Um, See, they've used the key competencies as well, and Te Whareke strands. So even at the daycare, this is great early learning centre, uh -huh. and we, you would get them as well, but we get a lot of children from here. So um, they provided this for us to have to school, and they're already starting to link them. And then when he came for school visits, there we are, there we are, and then now these are his school key competency stuff. So we team teach, there are three of us in the new entrant pod, two of, uh, this is how we've decided to make it manageable, two of us do the formal assessment, so all the C testing, 20 week, 40 week data, the third teacher does learning stories, so she's always looking for the key competency. You guys have to fight for their job, because that looks way more fun. It's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, a lot of work. It's all, it's, it's all, um, photos and writing and. Yeah, and see, there we are. I'd say there's some parent voice. So she's put some parent yeah. voice in there as well. Um, she said so there's, the, there's the links to the key competencies that she spotted that's in there, well-being and belonging. Um, she, Sarah is early childhood trained originally right. yeah. and has come into primary teaching, so it was the natural thing for her to do. 
But yeah, I have written some of them too. Yeah. Some of these are mine. Just, oh, look, if, just, if just for the record. If I could put my, like, my parent hat on for mm. a second, I've got a, I've got a two-year-old and the stuff that, the similar stuff to this that his daycare sends mm. us is, is so mm. valuable. Oh, it's, yeah. Um, you know, when you, you entrust your little to someone for the whole yeah. day, you miss a lot of stuff and it's it's nice yeah. to know when and they're And to see the jumps, thinking, you know? and you can see that um, the link between, you know, I, they were doing this this week and then this week they've done this and then... Yeah. And then, oh, right, they've mastered it now. And they're on to the, the next thing. the little things that are 100 times more important than... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Maths, yeah. The cutting or they're, you know, they're having trouble to use yeah, scissors yeah. and then six months later they've nailed it. Yeah, I read one for my son the other night about, you know, him and another boy weren't getting mm. along and they sorted it out. Yeah. And there's a story about it. That's so it's, cool. It's good learning and it's more important yeah. than anything else he did that day. Yeah, and that's what we're trying to value. Yeah is yes we're teaching them to read and write and do maths and absolutely mm. we're doing that formally but amongst that we are raising citizens of the world yeah who have resilience they can upset that word several times now i know but it's so you, you seem quite passionate about these yeah so if we go back to the question where i said what's the most useful form of assessment <laughs> and you mentioned jam and you mentioned other things oh would yeah you, would you amend that would you change that now or um i think what this does it's show parents the value in our play-based program. Yeah. And yes, we can track, I guess, the we can track the children's development in terms of those, those things. Key competencies and whatnot. I don't think myself, I don't come back and look at these. Okay. Like, I, you know, and that's making me think, hmm, yeah, true. Um, maybe I should be. I don't come back and look at these as a form of assessment I use it to plan further learning. I don't plan it to track those key competencies. I suppose it depends on how you see an assessment, then whether you're using yeah. the assessment to inform the tracking. Well, see, that's the primary, that's the primary your, teacher. Yeah. You're tra like you yeah. say, yeah. like I have been, even though we're so passionate about mm. all this, I've been indoctrinated from day one that assessment is a math test. Yeah, yeah you've got to track the progress that they're making rather than it's about their journey that they're going on. I mean, you, you did yeah. say that you, you look at it to mm. plan future learning. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. formative assessment. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. But, but when you know, it comes you've to... got me. Yeah. You've got me. Because, um, yeah, you asked those questions about assessment yeah. and it's taken me, yeah. what, 20 minutes to go. To find oh, the thing actually, that look at the yeah. passion. Yeah. Yeah. Quite passionate yeah. about yeah. it. And um, the parents are passionate about it. Yeah, but how passionate can you get about a gloss test or jam test? Yeah. Or, to be honest, yeah. it's just Oh kind my of goodness, a, I did this amazing really, running record today. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> just don't. My texts were so yeah. straight. Yeah. 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 Um, all right, we'll move on. That looks amazing, yeah. by the yeah. way. That's really cool. Um, I think we can... I think we've probably got the picture of literacy and numeracy across the school with the, the various tools that you use. Um, talked about key competencies. Uh, we've talked a little bit, I think, about refining your assessment, like your next step. Maybe we could just touch on that, maybe in a little bit more depth, like where do you see a need and, and where do you think you're going? We may have already covered most of it, but... There is a vision that learning stories will go further up the school. Certainly there's an expectation that learning stories will go up to year three because that's as far as the junior team goes. Um, and that's where your reporting cycle changes as well. Yeah, yeah. And, but as we develop the play base... Because we want to develop it further in the senior school, but it, at the moment it's figuring out what it actually looks like. 
because we want it more kind of more of a, a project based that the children own and drive yeah. rather than right we're all going to be making this today or we're all going to be doing this or instead of here where it's just go and play you know and I all mean, sneak around with a camera and yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah and yeah. all of that so we're kind of like what's happening where we're we going and we've just started meetings about developing our vision of how we want it to work within the senior school and what we want it to look like so we're only at the, the beginning journey of that We've just had all our children at their complete little licenses, tool licenses, because we've got electric tools and stuff. So they've just completed all of those in the vision that we can start then creating projects that they can use. So we're not play play, but it will be experimenting with maybe doing a design and yeah, you know, more technology based I would say, rather than in a formal play setting. But that's Let's what go. we want to do Sounds further as a school. Because the year seven eights they go off to technology at Primary, mm -hmm. But we just want them to, especially because they do so much in the junior school, we just don't want them to hit year four and then it's all gone. It's kind of like you just want to carry it on. We don't want to um, We've had discussions limit. too about the potential for the kids further up the school writing their own learning stories. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, <coughs> yeah, that's a vision. Yep. Don't know the reality of it, mm. but we can have dreams. Mm. I think they'd have to they'd have to really understand those the key competencies and stuff them, themselves, yeah. first, which I suppose would be a good step to take. Eh? Yeah, well that would that should come naturally with that um, if we're giving them discovery type experiences, then that should come along. And, and if, as well. if in in the way that you communicate to your parents, you show that that's what you value, then yeah. the kids will pick up on that as well. And that's what our aim is, yeah. is that this is what we as a school, we as a staff are really embracing this approach to teaching and learning, so we need to then communicate to the parents, yeah. to say this is actually what we see as most important. Cool. Um, I think probably the last question then is: Is there is there anything else assessment-wise that's kind of lighting your fire at the moment? Assessment-wise, yeah, it's been a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Assessment-wise, well, I suppose we've because I've just come off of um, the mass leaders course this morning, and we were just talking about having a vision of you know, but just yeah, more than just what they can tick off, I think, for mm. me. It's like, we want practices that actually show the whole, I don't know how you can do it, but yeah. It's, it's more, I wanna know, I wanna look at the whole child, and that's all it is, rather than just individual aspects. And I don't think there's ever gonna be one assessment is that, it, is it that, that the important stuff's hard to measure? Yeah, but how can you measure well, creativity? How can you measure- And it's the key competencies yeah. that are going to make these children, whether they're above at maths or below, it's into successful adults. I mean, you can have the reality. children that are working at stage eight, you know, at maths, but can they actually apply it in a situation and can they think critically about or it? Or work in a group with it. Or, and to expand it further and to have those, you know, moments where they are pure inspiration, but or they just set because they can work on numbers or do it. It's just... Because we had a big debate about what our gifted and talented students are, what they look like, and how you class them. And it's sort of like, but how can you value, um, measure artistic, you know, those kind of qualities? Mm. It's, it's funny just... you mention the, the gifted and talented thing. I mm. had a, a little boy in my class last year who was 
pretty much at, at standard for everything, mm. maybe a little bit mm. above here and there, and I put him in the gifted and talented program mm. because I just sort of had a hunch that he was a good yeah, thinker yeah, and he was going to yeah, work well yeah. in a group. And they went to that E-Pro 8 challenge. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. The, the gate teacher that took them mm. said that he was just yeah. an absolute star. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, academically, he's just normal. Yeah. Mm. But, but he had all of these things that made him able to collaborate and communicate yeah. and work in a group and work under pressure. Yeah. And, uh, know, and just think, yeah, or think, yeah, outside the box thinking. None of them all I of... could measure with yeah. any of yeah. those yeah. yeah. Well, it's thinking about... You know, this is the 21st century, these kids are growing up in this unknown you know, world with unprecedented changes, blah, blah, blah. What is the most important, or are the most important skills that we can empower these kids with to be successful adults? And it's not being able to regurgitate your times tables fast. No. Yes, it is helpful to have these things, but they need to be socially minded, they need to be community minded, they need to be risk takers, they need to be able to work as a team and those are that's the challenge is us, um, yeah, like you say, being yeah. able to assess those things, and or do we need to assess them, or how do we report? Or do we those just things? give them learning experiences where they can, you know, dip their toes into those kinds of experiences where they can explore these I, qualities? I think, and then you know, little Claire, so yeah. she's year three now. Claire um, came to us. Older sister has dyslexia. Oh, is Chloe Ruffovic? Yeah. Um, Chloe, yeah. Had reading recovery to mild success. Mm. Um, you know, below and below curriculum, every mm. curriculum area. However, the other day, what was last year, she was out in our shingle out here, playing in the rain on a day like this. We've got a whole lot of shingle. It's now fenced mm. off. Building the most intricate dams. She made this mm. incredible damming system, mm. having these dams in the boat, to be able to float boats down there. Mm. This is a child who is below. below. Yeah. I think as a profession we're really good at finding where they're dumb and we're not so yeah. good at finding mm. where they're smart. And mm. this child, and that's where our play-based learning allows these kids to shine, so how do we report that kind of learning to parents to show that, sure, we're giving your child some extra support with reading, but wow. Look That's at that, challenge. don't just look at this, look at that. Yeah, yeah, because this kid who can think out of the box and design this mm. really intricate canal system and the pouring rain has got potential to go real far in life. Mm. And, and so we just need to help her with the reading, that's all. Yeah. And it's that sort of like, keep going, it's hard, but it keeps going. Because mm. you can get children that have cruised the whole of their life, and as soon as they start to hit problems, you know, the mass mm. has got harder at school, whatever, and suddenly they're not top of the class anymore, they're not doing it as easily, and then they just disintegrate because it's supposed to be easy for them and now it's not and they haven't got any resilience to that where those that have kind of like knuckled down and just chipped away the whole of their life will probably go further because they can handle when things don't go to their liking and yeah mm. hey i think there's a couple of really good thoughts there to finish on this <laughs> so we're quite yeah. passionate about it aren't we as a school yeah yeah well, it's been lovely to talk to you yeah. and hear that passion really appreciate it yeah Cool. Cool. So, Amanda and Rachel, thank you very much. You're welcome.